Hello, and welcome to The Franchise Life. I am your host, Stacey Shannon. Today, we have two gentlemen with us from a brand called Grand Welcome, which is a short-term vacation rental property management company. So with us is Stephen Brown and Alex Buchanan. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us, Stacey. Hey, thanks, Stacey. Great to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. So you two gentlemen, I I invited you on for this podcast because I absolutely, when I heard about, you know, your backgrounds and your success within the Grand Welcome System, I thought it was a fabulous uh, story to share. And it really demonstrates, once we get into it, I hope it really demonstrates how individuals from various backgrounds, you know, very diverse backgrounds can be successful within the franchise model. So with that said, um, let's go ahead. And again, this is Grand Welcome Short-Term Property Management. This is a company that was founded actually in 2009 and uh, started franchising in 2020. And since that time has grown to almost are right around 55 territories throughout the United States. So with that said, uh, Alex, let's start with you. Do you mind just sharing what your background is prior to becoming a franchise owner and how you made the decision to invest in Grand Welcome? Absolutely, Stacey. So uh, Stephen and I met back in United States Army flight school. Uh, We're actually in line uh, to get all of our equipment. We're in processing and Brown and Buchanan in uh, alphabetical order end up close. So we were stuck next to to each other, no matter how much Steven didn't want to be. (laughs) And like uh, (laughs) any good friendship, it started with a beer bet uh, while we were waiting in line, trying to pass the time. And naturally I won and uh, (laughs) Steven... Yeah. Steven, Steven paid up cause he's a, he's a great guy. And that led some good other conversations for us. And, um, our kind of friendship grew from there throughout flight school, studying together, traveling. Um, he ended up, uh, getting the uh, Blackhawk and heading up to Fort Campbell after flight school. And then I got the Chinook and headed out to Korea. We ended up reconvening about two years later, actually down in Fort Campbell together, uh, reconnected, spend a lot of time together. And we kind of hit a point where we realized we we're spending a lot of time driving to Nashville every day. And Fort Campbell is about an hour north of Nashville. And we we're ready to make a move. We also wanted to kind of monetize it because we seeing the success and seeing what these daily rates for Airbnbs were in Nashville were going for. So we wanted to dip our toe into it. We started our search on our own um, and actually ended up accidentally buying houses attached to each other, unknowing <laughs> to both of us. <laughs> um, I came in and said, hey, I put an offer in on this house. And Steven said, no way. I just got my offer accepted on the one attached to it. Um, it's kind of wild. A lot of a lot of what we did is, you know, some luck timing and we applied skill when those two things lined up. 
we went through all these complicated scenarios of how we could like live in our own houses because we weren't ready necessarily for roommates at that point. So we're trying to come up with these crazy schemes to live in our own homes and rent them out. And then someone who's much smarter than us said, why don't you live in one of your houses and rent out the entire house of the other one? <laughs> oh <my goodness>. So <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bazinga. We were like, oh, <laughs> that's smart. Um, so we ended up renting out the one home for all of 2019. And during that time I was still in the army actively. And while Steven was transitioning out. So Steven ran the day to day, getting guests in and out of the home, ensuring it was guest ready. And whenever I was home, I was helping build the back end, find the right tech and help plan for future expansion. <clears throat> and then I'll kind of let Steven kind of talk about that jumping off point from the end of 2019 on. Yeah. Um, this was pre grand welcome as well. So this is back in 2019, we launched it and I I'd gotten out of the military at that time and transitioned to another job, but we still had about five to eight properties we were managing of uh, friends and everything. Um, so what happened actually was there was a franchise headhunter agency that reached out to me after uh, probably like three months of getting out. So, you know, I naturally started looking franchising because we wanted to kind of open our own, you know, business, something on the side to create that passive, you know, income. And I looked at 27, didn't like any of them. And I think because of the, the SEO marketing at the time, because I was on Airbnb on a daily basis with our guest and looking up franchises, it connected us with Grand Welcome. Um, so I'd reached out um, in August, of, early August of 2020, uh, met Kevin. We got into uh, negotiations in about six months of negotiations. And, you know, we, we looked at it and, you know, the numbers for us didn't make sense at the time. So we took a step back and we looked at potentially doing it ourselves um, and we put it everything on a spreadsheet and we realized the numbers actually did make sense. You know, um, the tech stack was great. Um, the offerings of marketing and sales help was was great. And our ability to go from zero to 100, you know, was just a matter of us signing units, not us signing units and trying to figure out the tech as well, which was a big piece. Um, so we opened Nashville in March of 2021 kind of proved that process and it, it proved that everything, you know, was working appropriately. I saw Brandon's vision and I was all in later that year in 2021. Um, Alex and I were actually in Florida at his bachelor party. And I was like, I think we should expand out to another territory. Um, so we partnered with some people and purchased Austin, um, Texas, launched that one in January of 2022. And then, um, six months later, we launched the Smokies and now we're here. So it's been a, a great journey with the team and we've, we've, we've gotten through a lot of, um, uh, challenging events together, uh, us and the franchisor. So what an incredible story. So you guys, you guys were meant to be that day you met the line in the <laughs> army, you had no idea what the future was going to hold. So very serendipitous. Um, love the story. And I love, you know, you, you made a couple comments. So, you know, one of them uh, that you just touched on was at first the, you know, you thought that you could 
just go out and do it on your own. You had been doing it with five or eight properties, mm -hmm. but once you ran the numbers and thought about the scalability and right. the attributes of the business model, then it didn't make sense. So that's, you know, at that point, then that's what led you to believe that the franchise model was a good investment. Yeah, it could be. And it was also because you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I can take things, if I can take the 11 years that Grand Welcome was, you know, open and, and up and running and learn as much as I can in a condensed timeline, I'll, I'll pay for that. You know, so there are a lot of lessons learned that Brandon, you know, initially started back in, I think it was 20, uh, 2009 mm -hmm. that was brought to um, given to us. And it gave us a lot of time back that we didn't have to go through those, you know, same problems that he went through, you know, previously. And it was also the um, the partnership aspect of it. And, you know, we're working through issues together and we're continuously pushing, you know, the brand, you know, um, to the right direction. So Stephen and Alex, you guys then, given the timing of the franchise model launching in 2020, you guys must have been one of the first franchisees to sign on. Mm -hmm. I think technically we were the third. The third? Uh, yeah, we were the third franchisee to sign on. And um, Alex, you can probably give your perspective on it because I was, I was knee deep into it and you were looking at it from an outside lens. It was very interesting when we first got got rolling. I think my initial impression was that the tech stack, the all the support that Steven got to run the operation was incredible. And we're able to jump Nashville when he said, hey, we signed our first unit. And then a month or two later, he said, hey, we're at 20 units now. And it's just how fast it kind of blew up. And then when I dove in with him in the summer of 2021, helping out, you know, as I was transitioning out with some of the operational things, <clears throat> we talk about growing challenges together, having a fresh set of eyes on some of these challenges that Steven just, because he's going from task to task, day to day, ensuring that the business scales and grows, we are able to get um, my fresh set of eyes on it. And then Brandon always was able to lean in with us, help solve some of those issues. And um, we all lead in together. So I immediately saw the partnership that Steven had been talking about for that past six months working with him. That's fantastic. And, you know, I talked to a lot of individuals that uh, are a little bit weary, I would say, of looking at emerging brands because there's not dozens of people out there that can validate the business model. So kudos to you guys for being visionaries and spearheaders in, in you know, really understanding and taking that leap of faith. So let's transition a little bit. Uh, you started with Nashville. Uh, within a year, you acquired Austin. Six months later, you have your third territory. Alex, what does a day in the life look like for you as a franchise owner? Absolutely. So for us, we decided when we, um, about a year into Nashville, when we went to scale, Stephen and I stumbled upon a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. Uh, and it was written to take pretty much all basic business principles and just distill them down to a very simple and scalable model. And we, like we discovered our houses accidentally at the same time, we discovered traction on the same day from two different people and texted each other about it. 
so. I'm not sure about you guys. Some, <laughs> some there's people a higher, aren't, so. There's a higher power. There's something else in the mix here. <laughs> I mean, we truly say like we we yeah. just we have some luck, some good timing, and then when we see those two line up, we try to apply whatever skill we have available to us uh, to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so really, the principal attraction and it, it kind of helped us drive the business forward. And what it establishes first is at the top end of your business accountability chart, there's a visionary and an integrator. Uh, and Steven sits in our visionary seat and I sit in the integrator seat. And I'll let Steven kind of talk about his focus, stay in the life as a visionary in the company. Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, it's mainly to provide that direction and, and focus for our company, ensuring everyone's working to that common goal. Um, and, and helping inspire and motivate our employees and giving them a sense of purpose and meaning in their work. You know, the strong vision can attract the clients, the in investors, you know, who are drawn to, you know, what we, the purpose and direction we're headed on. And I would say, you know, my day-to-day -day is, is more so big relationships, big picture kind of items, communicating the vision clearly and consistently. You know, and it's a, you know, I emphasize consistently um, and then, you know, taking that feedback and adapting um, as circumstances changes, I mean, circumstances change um, and proactively seeking out new ideas to push the business forward to ensure that we're not only sustaining our operation without a degradation in service, but also we're innovating, you know, as well to stay competitive for the years and years and come and to come. And, you know, that's been pretty important. And, you know, Alex does a lot of the day-to-day -day management that he can kind of talk about with our team. So absolutely. As the visionary, Steven is the why. And then as the integrator, I'm the how. So what are we going to do? And on the top line, you know, I lead our team I help manage our systems and processes to hold everyone accountable to the goals and the vision that Steven is setting out. Um, and that whittles down to our business plan execution. And I'm held responsible by Steven uh, to our P&L results, right? And what I'm looking at is resolving those major cross-functional issues, ensuring all of our other staff is supporting our operation and then ensure everyone's communicating across organizations. So I'm, I love the details. I love the intricate little every I on a, every I dotted, every T crossed in a system or a process. And that's what my day-to-day -day looks like. And then we have our field ops below that, right? So Steven sets the vision. I lay out the plan of how we're gonna cross-functionally execute it. And then our field ops, and each location uh, is working daily to ensure guests are getting in and out of the homes, the owner's assets are protected and owners are feeling comfortable and communicated with. A lot of the functions of what their day looks like is they'll start every day with a daily standup, you know, that daily communication, that face-to-face, -face, whether it's virtual because they're in 10 different directions are all gathered together where they can truly look in and get a micro uh, picture on how many check-ins and checkouts they have. What are the major work orders and you know maintenance tasks need to be accomplished for the day? Are there any emergencies that popped up overnight that they need to solve? They're getting properties ready, and then every week the most important meeting they have for one and a half hours, which is really the only thing that we truly require people to be at at a team, is their weekly meeting. 
and we can talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I think the way we give that grand welcome quality that we scale without any loss in customer satisfaction, and we're able to provide the locally led uh, feel with the backing of a national brand is our local teams. And without yeah. them, this, this doesn't work at all. Yeah. Cause it, it ultimately leads to that local accountability, right? Which is, you know, which is pretty much the main branding um, of Grand Welcome is having that local accountability and like those decisions delegated to the lowest level as possible. And, you know, that's our main focus is feeding our operation. And, you know, our support staff is great. You know, Alex leads our sales and marketing department with two great sales reps with a lot of industry experience. You know, we have an HR manager that, you know, is always finding the right people, which is something we cannot emphasize enough. Um, and then, you know, I kind of lead the finance department with, you know, budgeting, forecasting, you know, ensuring that we are maintaining profitability. And then our big piece is our operations, which, you know, we have a great team in the operations department led by a really good, you know, person of good character that we've known for a while. Um, and she oversees our three GMs, um, our account managers, which is, which is essentially owner relations, um, and all of our assistant field managers as well, which are the people that are um, getting the house ready for check-in and check-out. So, so what? Uh, it, how many individuals do you have on staff aside from yourself and Alex? Then that are involved in managing these three large territories. Yeah, Alex, um, you can chime in if you if yeah. you'd like. Uh, kind of going over each market. Um, there's one in the Smoky Mountains. Um, we're looking to bring on an additional team member, so it'll be two. We're roughly around like 20 properties there with you know more in onboarding. Um, in Nashville, there's three. Um, our general managers and our two AFMs and one account manager, so four. And then we have three in Austin, Texas, with a fourth coming on here shortly to help grow. Um, each market has its different challenges, either logistics or, you know, um, turnover from a, you know, booked all the time. Um, so we have kind of tailored our uh, manning approach differently and everyone else is kind of support staff with you know, we have a permitting specialist, you know, we have some SDRs, business developers that are out selling and doing a great job and um, some system managers. So, yeah. So and, total, I yeah. think it's about 17. Okay. And all this growth within the past two and a half years. Correct. Yep. And that, that led us to a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> so, know, so on that, on yeah. that then, uh, I am curious because I mean, everything <laughs> sounds wonderful right now right but mm. business ownership is not easy i mean you have to have grit it comes with its rewards but it also comes with challenges so let's let's talk through some of those challenges alex do you want to just share like as new business owners in this business uh what some of those issues you've faced are Absolutely. It's kind of funny. I, I come downstairs from my office on a daily basis and go to my wife, who's much better and smarter than I am, and <laughs> say, uh, running a business is hard. And she goes, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the major things is finding the right people and then keeping the right people. Um, 
one thing we noticed when we jumped and scaled is we were figuring out what we wanted. What does the picture of the business look like in 10 years, you know, the vision aspect and what does it look like right now? And that was constantly evolving. Um, and then to really understand, do you have the right people is knowing truly what you want from a given seat, from a given position. And I think that just takes time and a lot of a lot of challenge and learning has occurred over the last nine months to truly know what we expected um, from people. And then in that is communication. So very clear communication from Steven through me to the team of what is the intent of what we're doing and exactly how we're going to do it. Um, I think those two kind of were a consequence of scaling quickly and trying to catch up and figure it out as we went. Yeah. It was, it was scaling quickly, right? Cause we, we essentially in November of 2021, we went from one employee to six months later, you know, 15 employees. Wow. You know, so that was, that was something that I did not take in consideration the amount of training and processes and systems you, you had to put in place. Um, and Alex has this saying where <laughs> you either, you either have to be smart or strong. And for those six months of 2022, we decided to be strong and very, <laughs> very strong. Um, and we look for people that, you know, one of the challenges is finding the people and, and instilling in them, you know, the different types of the, the ways of thinking, which is, you know, convergent thinking and a divergent thinking and convergent thinking, you know, being essential to, to make decisions, to arrive to solutions when time is like limited um, and like a specific outcome. So the end state is required in divergent thinking of generating new ideas, exploring different options and different ways to be creative and innovative and innovative as much as possible, um, which, you know, we, we truly believe that we are there. And um, the other challenge is probably me uh, when it comes to shiny objects, you know, cause like there's a lot of good ideas, you know, and the, it's, it's always, you know, is the time now for this, this idea. So it's the balance of, you know, what we need to do now and what we can wait. And that's like what we can wait for. And that's why Alex and I's relationship is, is pretty important just because he kind of keeps keeps it at bay. It's like, Hey, we can, we can do this, but this is at a, you know, a cost, you know? So it's like weighing the vision versus the execution, which I'll kind of get in in a, a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. In in the book traction, it talks about the visionary is supposed to come up with 20 new ideas a day. And then the integrator is supposed to shoot down 19 of them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> 20 new ideas a day. Like <laughs> I, um, so you guys just, you balance each other out just fabulously. And that's why this, this partnership works. And uh, Steve and I will say, I have a shiny object problem as well. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> unfortunately it comes in the way of investments in franchise brands that I fall in love with because I have access to hundreds of brands. So, mm-hmm. um, Okay, so we've talked about the challenges. Um, and, you know, I think anybody listening to this, no matter what the business is, uh, you know, these, these challenges are very applicable to, 
to any yeah. business owner. So uh, let's talk about how you turned those challenges into triumphs. So what do you feel are the keys to your success, Alex? So I'd say firstly is in, in the six key components to traction, which discusses the entrepreneurial operating system or EOS, and that's how we run our business. And those six components are vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. And really, you know, we kind of split those between the visionary and integrator. And as you can expect, the visionary is kind of responsible for the vision and people. And I think Stephen can touch on that pretty well. Yeah. I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but it's, you know, it's balancing the vision, you know, versus the execution. Like the vision is important, but it's equally important to ensure like our company is executing our goals and objectives or in a, completing our rocks. And, you know, I work closely with Alex and the team to make sure we're aligned in achieving those goals and setting those clear expectations and, you know, harping on our, our process of signing, delivering, optimizing revenue and people. And what I mean by that is we sign units. Yeah, so we, we, we get our leads and we convert them and win them over. We deliver the units to the market. You know, we onboard our property owners and our properties, you know, seamlessly. We optimize um, the units. So to drive revenue, um, invest back in people to continue to, to grow forward, which the people part is finding the people that align with our values. Like one of our values is detailed obsessed, you know? So like, we want you to be obsessed with the details. So when you walk in and you arrive to the house, that inspection starts as soon as you open that car door and you're viewing the home from that landscape and then making sure they're in the right seat and they, they get it, they want it and they have the capacity to do it. They clearly understand their roles and responsibilities. And that's kind of, you know, what we push and continuously incentivizing those people to grow with the business, to learn, to be obsessed, to be passionate, you know? So um, that's mainly the the two components that have been successful that I'm responsible for. Alex is responsible for the other four. <laughs> <laughs> you got it off easy then. <laughs> I did, I did. Oh yeah. So starting with that, and actually we, we brought in a project and systems manager manager who's been absolutely excellent is helping us build out our yeah. owner relations team. But the first thing she identified to us is we need a pulse on our business. And it kind of helped us recalibrate what traction said in the data section. So data being huge, how do we get a weekly pulse on our business as Steven and I continue to grow the business and get away from the day-to-day -day details. And that's with activity, ba activity based numbers that, are basically an early indicator of our P&L results. Because if we're making changes monthly or quarterly based on what our P&L says, we're already behind. Mm -hmm. So it's really distilling those P&L numbers down to weekly activity-based numbers that everyone in the company has at least one number they're responsible for, and they're responsible for inputting that number on a weekly basis. So we can truly see the trends, the business, and catch it early and make interventions so that our P&L can reach its goals. Uh, the next is issues. So what the issues section and attraction, that component talks about a form of IDS. So you identify the issue, you discuss it, and then you solve it. And solving could be next steps. We could say this isn't solvable and you can solve it at larger planning meetings. 
or you come up with a solution. And what this does is distills the chaos from pointing fingers at different people to what is the actual issue. And everyone is aligned. You know, one of our other values is together is one with the, you know, the betterment of the business in mind to just solve the issue itself. Next is process. So we want to deliver the same quality every time. And this kind of came and really aligned with us, with our aviation background, everything in the army, there's a process, there's a checklist, there's a reference to how to do that job. It may not be a do list, right? You have your own flow. Everyone has their own way of assessing a situation, but there is a piece of paper that ensures you don't miss anything. And no matter how fast paced you think it's going, no matter how fast you think the day is going, you have 10 seconds to do a double check and to check that checklist. You know, if F-35 pilots flying like Mach 3 at, you know, 10,000 feet can reference their checklist, I think we all can too. Um, so that I, I think it's huge. And then the last, putting all this together is really what, you know, from the title of the book, Traction. So that is our rocks, that 90 day world of what are these 90 day projects that are the most important things to push the company fold forward that align with our vision that we're going to take chunks out of every quarter. And the way we keep a pulse on all of these components is our, what they call the level 10 meeting. And that is a hour and a half meeting for each department that occurs at the same time same place and same location every week where we go through all of these components and ensure that the business is moving forward. Wow. Incredible. So what, let me ask you this, um, you know, given your backgrounds in the army aviation and so forth, what skill sets Aside from being detail oriented, what skill sets do you believe have lent to your success so far? Yeah, I um, I think there's. It's a good question. I I want to say being able to lead and follow. You know, being able to follow first and then lead because you know Alex and I wear you know multiple different hats and you know we're always um, you know bouncing ideas or what we what we say, like sitting in different seats when we talk to each other. Um, and that's very important. Um, but I, I would honestly say one of the things that has led to our success is like simplifying the process, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, we identify these issues, you know, we document them and then we simplify, which is a part of the EOS model. And, you know, it was when we stumbled upon EOS was at a time where we, we were, experiencing a lot of issues because we decided to grow into Austin, you know? So it was not that this was a, a one market issue. This was a two market issue. Um, so our business started to become more complex. We added multiple layers of management. There were more processes, more people involved, and it made it difficult for us to focus on our core objectives, which led into confusion inefficiencies and ultimately stagnation within our business for a brief period of time. And, you know, once we decided to both jump into it and, and, and grab it, um, grab the wolves out of the horn and simplify our process, um, it created clarity and a focus allowing us to scale and maintain and achieve our goals and in terms of workflow. But I, I honestly would say our, our skill set is just being uncomfortable, being, like being comfortable, being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. and then operating in a world of just like uncertainty, 
you know, and being okay with that, you know, because the small discomforts are, are short periods of time, but, you know, we can see the vision, you know, kind of moving forward and everything kind of making sense for us. And, um, that's like a, a biggest, the, probably the biggest piece is we're okay with the unknown. We're okay with everything else that's kind of going on. We're just very focused on what we have control over and we're very specific about how we handle those things and keeping it simple. Alex. Yeah. And, and then when we tra- try to translate that to hiring our team, I think truly starting with our core values, when we really lean into those is like hiring, retaining and firing around yeah. those core values. Right. So it's for us owners first guests always, um, candidly stole that from the army a little bit, but Hey, <laughs> we, we learned some good things. Right. Um, you know, we want people that are solely focused on like, Hey, these are owners that we're partnering with. We want to protect their asset and help push, um, their goals forward as well as ours, but we're always worried about guests because without travelers, without people looking for that, you know, great experience, you know, we don't have a business. Right. We want people with disciplined initiative, right? So can we give you these boundaries, these, Hey, these are your limits. Here's what are the, the boundaries of what you can do and want them to just push forward with limited guidance. We talked about the detailed obsessed, talked about together as one, and then the last one is play to win. And the way we define that is continued growth, but still no loss in our customer satisfaction. Cause we never want to get to a point where yep. we've scaled so much that now our customers, our true purpose is, is suffering. So, but those values really define, if you're asking who we're looking for, it's someone that aligns with those core values. So Alex, just, just briefly, uh, you guys have such a, uh, I mean, this book traction has played a huge role in how you've structured your business, how you've structured your partnership and your leadership style. Um, What support, and you guys lean on each other a lot as naturally you should as partners, but, you know, just briefly, what, what support has been given by the franchise or in this sense to help you grow and learn uh, through some of these challenges and your expansion. So when it comes to traction, one of the two people that introduced traction to Steven and I was um, one of the leaders in the grand welcome corporate team, because they are operating on the principles of traction in that system. They have provided us a system to implement traction as well. Um, I think that that and that that guidance and input that help us perfect the way we operate traction has been huge. And I think Steven can talk on, you know, his very unique relationship with Brandon and that uh, that ability and their partnership to I mean, the lessons learned have been incredible. And Brandon is just real briefly, Brandon Ezra is the Mm -hmm. founder and CEO of Grand Welcome. Yeah, he's been a, a great mentor to myself in particular and to just um, the organization as a whole. I can always reach him on um, our direct messaging system, send him an email, and he always responds and can offer that kind of guidance, you know, needed. Um, I, I I think that the way we're moving forward, uh, you know, 2023, I have to stop and look at the, what year it was. <laughs> I was like, is it 2022 still? Um, in 2023 is we're solving these issues together. And that's a support that every franchise or and franchisee, that type of relationship they need, you know, so you can build up 
you know, a franchise from the top down or you can build it from, you know, the bottom up. Grand Welcome has decided to build it from the bottom up. So when we are on our um, franchise advisory council meetings, we're looking to solve those big problems. We're looking to push the brand forward. We're looking to, you know, be the front uh, runners and the leaders of, you know, in this industry, uh, because I think he's truly cracked the code on how to, to scale this, this business, you know, and, and not, degregate your service, your quality of service to your customers who without them, we don't have a business offering the great experiences to guests and also having that local accountability, which is needed, you know, that local community involvement, which is needed. You know, we have all these tourism dollars and we want to invest them back in our local communities as we kind of push forward, you know, and we want to be professionals about it. So um, our relationship has been great and he's, they brought on some, some industry killers um, you know, when it comes to sales and marketing, in addition to some of the, the, the leaders on that team, everyone has the same vision in mind when it comes to pushing the business forward. So that's where the support has truly come. It's a, it's a true partnership. So. Oh, that's great to hear. And I, uh, had an opportunity a couple months ago to sit down with Brandon Ezra mm -hmm. yeah. and do a podcast with him and very walked away, yeah. just extremely impressed, uh, mm -hmm. Grand Welcome is definitely his baby, and he is 100% committed to to making it and you guys as franchisees mm -hmm. successful. All right, last question. What are, okay, so we have the visionary, uh, Stephen. So Stephen, what are the long-term goals for you? For us, um, I think we're really just we're really focused on diving deep into our current markets. Um, we are looking at other markets, but we just want to codify our process, our processes and, you know, continuously dive deep um, within our local markets. So I don't there's a lot there's a lot in my brain right now. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of shiny objects. I know my team's going to listen to it. So I just I don't want to say, but I mean, there is some growth opportunities that we want to take advantage of as we continuously prove it that, you know, we can run a market, not, you know, locally be involved with the day to day, keep a pulse on our business, continuously offer good service and, and push forward. So I think we're we're going to focus on that for the time being. So. Great. Any last words from you, Alex? No, I really appreciate uh, the time today and, you know, sitting down and this has been great and appreciate all everyone and Steven, our visionary, pushing our business forward. Yeah. So when he brings those uh, 20 new <laughs> ideas to you, then you have to shoot 19 of those down. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've learned how to say no in a way that um, I think one thing on our relationship is that we have navigated and learned how to hear each other out and then disagree in a, in a less combative way. And I think every time we have that conversation, it gets less and less combative. Um, and I think the one major key to our business partnership is resolution that like Steven said, we're not afraid of being uncomfortable. We're not afraid of uncomfortable conversations or conflict, but the, the, mutual respect and always seeking resolution, I think allows us to continue to grow as business partners as well. That is so powerful. Well, 
Thank you guys so much for spending the time with me today to share your story. Again, it's, you know, I, I really many times just focus on the brands, but mm -hmm. it's individuals like you that I work with day in and day out that mm -hmm. are looking to fulfill their dreams of business ownership. And I love a good success story. So again, thank you very much for your time, Stephen and Alex. Yeah. And Wish you guys nothing but the best, and I'll continue to keep an eye on you. And for anybody that is interested in learning more about the Grand Welcome Franchise Opportunity, feel free to reach out to me at stacy at fusionfranchising.com. Thanks, and have a great day.